Hello everyone, welcome back to AV Art Club. This is episode 6. We are recording on July 9th. It's a Saturday in 2022. I am Chris Clamp and tonight I am joined with Lauren Piemont. We are very excited to be recording again. It's just been a week since the last time. We're going to stay very consistent moving forward with the podcast. So please uh, stay with us in this journey. We've had several people contact us regarding some of our personal backstory. uh, And we thought that would be a good opportunity for this episode to kind of launch into that. So you all can get to know us a little bit better. Uh, There will be a lot of art discussed in this episode, but obviously there'll be more personal uh, anecdotes and things about our history and we'll get back into more of the art discussions in the next episode. Yeah, uh, we wanted to take this episode just to introduce ourselves and, you know, let, let you know who we are and how we got involved in art specifically because that's really kind of a story that's unfolded throughout both of our lives from the beginning. So we're excited to talk about that. Excellent. So where should we begin? Uh, Lauren, would you like to start? Like, should I ask you questions or you want to just kind of jump in and give us a little information about yourself and maybe where you're from and things like that? Yeah, I can just get started. Um, well, I was born in Dallas, Texas, (laughs) and I didn't grow up there at all. Um, we moved away from there when I was two and, um, I do have some memories of it though. So technically I'm a Texan, but I don't relate to any Texas culture. So (laughs) I think that's important to note. Um, and you know, I'm, We moved to Chapel Hill, where I spent my (laughs) preschool years, and then Chapel Hill, where North Carolina, Uh, to be specific. Very important. Yes, it that place will come back up later, but um, I really grew up in Charlotte. I went started kindergarten in Charlotte, and um, you know went through school, went away to college, and of course now I'm back here. So that's where I'm from. How about you? Good question. So I was born in a small town in South Carolina called Leesville. My family, essentially, many of them, they they grew up, they they all lived in that, that area of Lexington County in South Carolina. Leesville is a very small uh, rural area that's kind of built around agriculture and textile mills. And that is what my family essentially did until I came along. My mom and dad, they both worked in mills. They worked in a textile mill that made velvet. My, My dad worked there until he retired, but my mom ended up leaving that mill and going to work for a Michelin uh, uh, Michelin plant and Lexington, South Carolina. And uh, that that's where I grew up. Went to the Gilbert school system, which was just an elementary school and a high school when I was going there. And then upon graduating, I moved to Rock Hill, South Carolina, and attended Winthrop University to study art. 
initially, well, I guess this could go more into future discussions, but I was going to Winthrop University to study something a little different. And while I was there the first semester, I decided to change my focus, and um, I'm glad I did. Since graduating from Winthrop University, I moved into Charlotte, and I've been here since. I worked for Gerald Melberg Gallery for quite a few years, and another company until I ended up going out on my own, and now I'm just focusing on painting. Very nice. That was a a nice summary. (laughs) Um, I've been writing a lot of bios lately for um, things, so that, that helps. Yeah, yeah, we've got some features coming up, so we have been doing some bio writing. Um, I guess backtracking more to my (laughs) childhood, uh, because that's really where my connection to art began. Uh, My grandmother on my mom's side, she was an art teacher for her whole working life. Um, I think since she graduated from college and she and my mom's side of the family are from Buffalo, New York. So she always had the big interest in art, and she kind of passed that along to my mom. Um, she would take them to the Albright Knox as kids, and they saw all the wonderful modernist art. And my mom, who did have a deep appreciation for art for her whole life, uh, would joke Uh, never go to a museum with an art person because they'll read every label stare at every painting (laughs) and as a kid I guess wrong with that (laughs) well I mean nothing but I suppose as a kid you might find that a little tedious but my mom um you know grew out of being a kid and came around to art she never did anything with arts um in a professional sense, but she was always a supporter and a patron. And when I showed interest in art as a child and continued to do so as a teenager and young adult, she was always extremely supportive of that. And my grandmother too. And with growing up with my grandmother, she would not only give us little art lessons when we'd visit with her, and she lived in Charlotte too. Uh, they all moved down to Charlotte in the 70s and that's how that's kind of the Charlotte connection um she would give us art lessons she would tell us about art history all the time she's also a very devout Catholic so and art history ties into Catholicism very strongly so I was just growing up around that and I was um, fortunate to go to a school in Charlotte called Charlotte Country Day. And this school, you know, it was a very well-rounded school. And we really learned a lot about the arts all the way from kindergarten up until the very end when we graduated. And a lot of my very formative ideas and interests in art came from there as well. Um, I remember in seventh grade, (laughs) we're really going back, um, we were supposed to pick what art we were going to do. So you could choose like band or orchestra or choir or visual art classes. And I knew immediately I would choose 
visual art classes and so I went on that track and didn't do so much music anymore and um, when I got into high school at Country Day we had a really strong arts program and a beautiful new art building and we learned all kinds of things and I started to take AP art classes and I was also able to take AP art history and that was really transformative because we had had some art history in our history classes. They were really good about um, kind of sliding that into history, especially with uh, when we got to European history and whatnot. There was a lot of art history focus in that year. And, you know, I always wanted more of it. And whenever we'd have to write a research paper, I would choose an artistic topic and my classmates might write about like a war or something. And you know, I was like, no, I want to talk about Michelangelo. <laughs> and so when there was a whole art history class available, I jumped on it and I did really well in the class and just loved every minute of it. It was really just a survey, but it was amazing. And when I graduated from high school, I knew that I wanted to study art history further in college. And I did some visual art in college too, but not much. And so I chose to do art history. And again, I, I loved every minute of it. Um, initially, when I went to college, I went to uh, Bryn Mawr College in Pennsylvania, uh, right outside Philadelphia. It's a Seven Sisters uh, all-women's college. And they had a wonderful art history department that I really enjoyed. Um, ultimately, I transferred out of Bryn Mawr after freshman year. It was too small. <laughs> um, and I went to Chapel Hill, which also has a great art history department. So I continued my studies there. I also minored in philosophy. I almost had enough credits to double major, uh, but I just needed to graduate. So <laughs> I got out with a minor and um, I feel like that combination of philosophy and art history sort of has just like defined my life, but it, it defined my life before I even got there. I mean, I'm still interested in both of those things, obviously, um, to a great degree. And I feel like the spiritual path I've gone down is tied to philosophy. And I love um, kind of growing older and learning how to weave the things together because for a long time these things felt separate to me but as you get older you really understand it's all the same thing it's all the pursuit of beauty and the sublime and all these things so that was a long-winded catch-up to adulthood <laughs> no that's great it's fascinating i have a question for you though yeah what you were saying about your grandmother being a teacher did when she taught was there an area of like an age group that that she had taught or was it just you know everyone every kid well when she first started teaching way back when in buffalo she taught high school and my grandmother she's a very slight woman um she's like a powerhouse but she's tiny she's always young for her age and she realized that high schoolers felt too close to her age and she needed um she needed more of a separation so she started teaching elementary school and that's really 
uh, the age group she spent most of her career with. So she's she's great with kids. She's quite a storyteller, kind of a performer. Yeah, she she's a Leo, so <laughs> you can really. She just she just loves that kind of stuff. She was great. Yeah, I enjoy her stories greatly. Um, okay, I guess I should do kind of like what you just did. Um, yeah, go back a little bit. So, I guess my interest in art. Well, it just it's it's always been a part of me since I was you know very very young, as far as I can remember. Because growing up in rural South Carolina. We really didn't have a lot to entertain ourselves with. My my uh, parents, they both worked these weird shifts at the mills. My mom, she worked night crew. And my dad worked um, what you would call second shift. So my mom worked third shift and my dad worked second shift. Which means that my dad, he would go in from three and work till 11 and my mom would go in at 11 and then she would and this is 11 p.m and she would get off at 7 a.m so um yeah it was really weird but my brother and I it, it was nice because we always had someone around more so it was my mom mainly but you know so we would get up to get ready to go to school she would she would help us get us a little breakfast we would get on the bus go to school she would then go to bed my dad would work out in the in the farm or whatever because he was always doing some level of agriculture with my grandfather and um and then he might take a nap before he got ready to go to work and um he would leave to go to work around two thirty p.m and then my mom would be um, getting up in time for us to get home from school soon after that and make us a snack, help us with homework. So anyway, that's just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, how crazy my, my parents were working back then. We just, we didn't have a lot. We were poor and, um, all we had on television where we lived were just the, the three basic networks that you got over the air. So it was just ABC, NBC, and CBS if you were lucky, you could maybe get Fox if the air was right. And uh, so I would like hope that I could catch that some night right and then watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. But a lot of times you couldn't and, you know, there was just too much static. Um, anyway, so all that, just to tell you that I was always drawing. It was like the the one thing that I could do that I that gave me a bit of escape and um, something to entertain myself with during the pastime. And my parents were very supportive. You know, they bought me all sorts of papers, markers, uh, Prismacolor coloring pencils. And I was really into comic books. So they, uh, they, they hooked me up with whatever I could and encouraged me to draw Spider-Man and X-Men and all these things. And uh, they, they were very excited to see me get better and better with it. Uh, around the age of, when I was in junior high, there was this, this, uh, it's like a summer art program for three different counties in South Carolina, or excuse me, three different school districts in South Carolina. It was called the Tri-County Arts Consortium, and it was held at, uh, Columbia College in Columbia, South Carolina. And it was a three-week program, and you had to put together a portfolio and sort of audition 
and you you essentially had to do you know three different things in your portfolio so it was like a self-portrait a still life and then something to show use of perspective so i did this and fortunately was accepted and um and then you you have your your three things that you would choose to do so my dad he would take me to the uh, lexington south carolina and drop me off where the bus was which was still like a 30 minute drive and I told Lauren, you know, looking back on it, thinking about it, my dad, he, he hated driving in the city and he would avoid it whenever possible, which was, you know, most of the time. But for three weeks solid, he drove me into Lexington to drop me off so I could get on the school bus and go to this summer art program, which, you know, says a lot about their support. And even though I kind of hated the program when I did it, I felt very intimidated because the the arts, the the school that I went to, Gilbert Elementary School, and then later Gilbert High School, it was very limited. We didn't have much in terms of an art program or anything. So I didn't have a portfolio really to show going into this, nor going into my time at Winthrop, but I can go into that a little later. So I felt very intimidated and very embarrassed because other kids around me were so good, and I, I felt like I was awful. But I worked hard. And somewhere around that point, I realized that this is what I was going to do. I was going to go into the arts um, in my my life career and my education and everything. Things that really kind of transformed it in another way happened in high school. Uh, the first of which was I wanted to be an art teacher and Gilbert High School at the time. I'm not sure if other schools have this. I've asked other people about it and they they all seemed to have never heard of it. But anyway, there was this program called Teacher Cadets. So if you were like an honor roll student and you had interest in going into education as a career, you could go into this program and there was this class that we would go to. I can't remember. Maybe it was once a week and you learned about uh, education and how to teach others. And then you would sort of shadow teachers in, in various schools. So I ended up going to a couple of different schools in the school district and watched the teachers, then kind of taught a few classes that way. So at first, that's what I wanted to, to be was an art teacher. So that was, um, that, that was kind of one thing that brought me to Winthrop. But before I move on, when I was in high school, there was another art teacher that came in briefly to Gilbert his name was Jason Powers. I do remember that. And Jason was spelled J-A-Y-S-O-N. And he was someone that had just graduated college and had gotten this job straight out of college. And, and he was, you know, so he wasn't too much older than me. And he was a bit of a nerd. So I'm a nerd and I like comics. So we talked about comics and video games. And around that time, I picked up this scholastic art magazine that they kind of handed out to to schools did you have that stuff Lauren oh yeah I love that yeah so I still have this one I still have it it's it's pretty amazing but it this one covered an artist that I hadn't heard of at the time named Edvard Monk and I just was fascinated by the work of Monk and I just kept reading and reading and reading about it so I ended up having to go to Barnes and Noble in Lexington and get a book on Edvard Monk to educate myself more about this artist and his work well Jason Powers told me hey 
you know, there's going to be a monk exhibition at the Columbia Museum of Art, you know, and it just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, what, what? So he probably wasn't allowed to do this as a teacher and as a student, but you know, so what? It, there was no harm done. He said, hey, let's go together. So I met him uh, at this, I worked at a fast food restaurant at the time. So we, we met there like on a Saturday morning and then rode together to the museum and saw this show and it just blew me away. And that was the first time I was in an art museum or an art gallery setting ever. And I, not only was I floored seeing the work of Monk in person, it was a fabulous show. It just dealt with his prints, but there were some uh, drawings. I think there may have been some hand colored engravings, things like that. A lot of wonderful didactics explaining the works and it it made a huge impact. So I remember I went back like the next weekend by myself and I took a sketchbook with me and I just, I was in the gallery in the museum for hours just sketching things. And anyway, that, that, that was something that really lit me on fire and kind of set me on the path I'm on now. Um, but anyway, I'll let you talk now. So please. <laughs> No, that was great. Um, I think your story is really cool. And it does uh, bring me to a question, which is, um, do you think that you would be here now in the arts um, if your parents hadn't supported you? Uh, I'd have to say that's, that's tough because we always feel like we have a destiny and a path that we're on. So it's tough to say because... I'll say this, when I was in college, there were friends that I had made that, I don't even remember how we met, but we would just meet somehow, and they were uh, kids that liked to draw or liked to paint, and they would show me some of their work that they had done, and they were amazing. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, are you not in the art program? And they would say, no, no, I'm in computer science or I'm in psychology or something like that. My parents won't let me study art because they don't think I can get a job in it, so I'm having to do this. And it just really like kind of upset me because these people seem so much better than me at, at creating art, but they didn't have the support that I had to pursue this thing. So I was kind of upset for them. However, now who I am in life, I see how how hard it is to actually make a living in the arts. So I, I get it. Um, you have to some, say something. No, I thought you were going <laughs> to. I'm just sitting. <laughs> That's fine. Well, to answer your question in, in a long, drawn-out way, like I'm doing, my parents gave me tremendous support in that way you know they were like if you want to do this if you have interest in it you and you you you're showing some talent in it we we will help you pursue this as a education path as a career path and I think that they I've never talked with them about this but I think that they knew that if I stayed back home that it would just continue the cycle. You know, I would st I would get a job working at a local mill, 
and um, just kind of live the, the same life that they've lived. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that maybe they realized there was a potential that I could do something else that maybe they they couldn't do that they didn't have access to. Um, so maybe that answers your question in a very long way. Yeah. No, that was great. Thank you. And it made me think of my own um, time in school, particularly high school. And, you know, I went to essentially a prep school and everyone's parents were very, you know, well-to-do business people, lawyers, doctors, whatever. And there were kids who were amazing at art, just way better than me <laughs> too and I I just knew that it was gonna end for them in high school you know it was their elective they were amazing at it but you know their parents were gonna want them to straighten up and fly right and go to law school or work at the family business or whatever and um you know it's sad and it kind of points to just how uh hard it is to actually like end up in the arts like it's you know like passing through the eye of a needle because there are so many things that kind of like warn you like not to do it like maybe the income or the time or the respect or whatever so like to me when people do end up in this space after a lifetime of you know, wanting to get here. I think it's like sort of a miracle and a really beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it truly is. Um, like I was saying earlier, it's, it, at the time I was kind of confused how these peers of mine weren't studying what they clearly had talent, what they had interest in doing, but yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to put all the pieces together. I feel that I've been very lucky but I also feel that I really busted it really hard to kind of to get where I am, and I'm and I'm still busting it to to get to the next point. Yeah, I, you definitely work extremely hard, and obviously have for your whole life. And I mean, that's just another thing. Like to be in the arts as a career, as an adult, and to stay in it is really hard work. And um, we discussed a painter on this podcast a few episodes ago named Lee Hall. And she uh, once gave some advice to an art student that, um, you know, they shouldn't paint unless they have to. And I would say that to anyone pursuing an art career, like unless you have to, unless it's the only thing that you feel like you can do and make a difference and lights your soul on fire, don't do it. You know, if you can do something else, something more stable, something, you know, easier, do it. Yeah, absolutely. So at Gilbert High School, we had a very, very, very simple art program. It was kind of like Lauren had said earlier in her school at one point, you had to choose a path and you had like a few options. And at my high school, you also had a few options. You chose band, choir, or we called it chorus. Uh, there was art or PE or weightlifting, gym, whatever. And clearly I chose art because that 
that's what I identify most with. But the art programs were were super basic. We didn't really have good facilities or anything like that. So it was just essentially just kind of, hey, let's get together and just draw and make collages or whatever. So needless to say, whenever I finished high school and I was, well, I was finishing high school and I needed to apply for colleges, I didn't really have a portfolio. I mean, I didn't even know what that meant. So whenever it was time to look at schools, one of my teachers had told me about Winthrop University. And uh, actually that one teacher I mentioned earlier, Jason Powers, we went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina on the portfolio day weekend. It was like one day in the fall, you could go there on like a Friday or Saturday, I forget, and show your portfolio to teachers and get some feedback. And uh, you could even take a class with some of the teachers, tour the facilities. So it, it kind of was a way to sell, sell you on the department. Well, I felt terrible when I was there because I didn't have a portfolio. And I'm looking around at all these other kids and they're, they're amazing. And they've got slides and they've got like these cool, like flat black portfolios with handles that they're carrying their, their awesome drawings in and stuff. And I don't have anything, but you know, the teachers still like gave me time, gave me their time and they looked through my sketchbook and they, they saw some potential, I guess. So anyway, I, I fell in love with the, with the department, with the facilities and the campus and decided to go there. But originally, again, like, like I said, a, f- a few minutes ago, I thought about studying our education my first semester there, when I was looking at the art education requirements, I realized that you took like very few studio courses. Like you took like maybe, I don't know, maybe like half a dozen studio classes total in the four-year program. And that might be on the high side. Uh, and to me, that bothered me because I wanted to, to, to teach something, I felt like I had to master it in some way. I had to know how to do life drawing really well and things like that. I didn't know, I didn't want to know how to make a bulletin board for my classroom look interesting to students. And that's kind of what it seemed like the program was going to be. So I quickly decided I was just going to pursue um, studying studio art and painting was my interest. So I did that. That first class, studio class I had at Winthrop University was a wonderful uh, teacher. She was an adjunct professor. Her name was Peggy Rivers. And at the end of of the semester, she said, hey, you all paid whatever it was, like $20 or something in studio fees for this class. However, we never used any of your money, you know, because you bought your own charcoal and your own paper, your own sketchbook. So I've got an idea. I can either go and buy you some nice materials with your, your, uh, uh, the, the fees that you paid to be in this class, or I can take slides of your work and document it. And I was all about that because I had no slides. All my peers, I saw them and their with their portfolios and they had slides and I wanted that. So I, um, this, this is kind of one of the lessons I often tell young kids when I have a chance to talk with them is is I'm like, just, you know, ask questions and always like volunteer to do things. Just put yourself out there. So I, I 
came up to Peggy after she mentioned this and I was like, I, I really want to have my work documented because I was doing extra work other than just assignments during then. But anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to have my work documented, but I wanted to do it with her. If she would, I would love to help her. Maybe she can teach me how to do it. So we met like on a Saturday morning and uh, she showed me her camera. She showed me her, her photo floodlights she had this piece of black velvet we used on a wall. She showed me the importance of a backdrop and, you know, all these things. And um, and we really clicked. So from then until I graduated, it, whenever I needed to document my work, like if there was a show coming up and I wanted to submit some good quality images, she just let me borrow her stuff. She was like, you know where it is. And when I graduated Winthrop, and I started working at Gerald Melberg Gallery. There there was a, a woman that worked there that did all the photography of everything that came in. And she had found a new job and left. So the gallery was a little, uh, you know, scrambling a little bit. But here I am and I'm able to say, hey, I can do that. And it became a huge part of my job there. So anyway, just a life lesson. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go into college a little bit um so like I said I had chosen to do art history um I didn't really know about the philosophy piece until I got to college uh at Bryn Mawr um it's a tiny school and it's actually part of a consortium of other schools that include Haverford College and um Swarthmore and even uh, University of Pennsylvania. So, um, you know, I was just poking around for classes to sign up for, for the first semester. And there's a philosophy class, uh, but you had to go to Haverford college to take it. And that's also where the studio classes were studio art. So, you know, I was curious and I signed up and I took the little blue bus to Haverford. If you've ever heard of any of this, props to you it's very obscure um and I just like totally fell in love with philosophy totally unexpectedly like I was like oh what do I want to do um and you know I was looking at it and I was like okay I know I want to double major in philosophy now and I but I wanted to keep art history too not only because I loved it but because in my head, I said, well, I can get a job with art history more easily than philosophy, which is true. But it's just kind of funny <laughs> to think about art history as a more practical choice. Um, so anyway, in college, um, there's also a newspaper between Bryn Mawr and Haverford called the Bi-College News. And I had gotten really into doing editorial cartooning in college. So <laughs> I kind of accosted them and was like, you need a cartoonist like for this paper. And they let me do it, um, which is really fun. I got a lot of joy out of that. Um, but as I said, I ultimately transferred out. Bryn Mawr was tiny just a tiny school and I thought I wanted that because I was coming from a tiny K through 12 school 
Um, but it turned out I didn't. So I went in the complete opposite direction and came back to North Carolina. I went to Chapel Hill Giant School. Um, something in the middle may have been better, but hey, it's what happened. Um, and I pretty much kept doing what I was doing. I kept studying art history, kept studying philosophy. I joined the Daily Tar Heel and uh, wrote on the university desk for them about news around the school. And I think that a lot of that set up the whole writing, art writer thing for me. Um, My little dabble in journalism. And I also uh, had fallen in love with this indie radio station in Philadelphia. It used to be called Y Rock. And then, I don't know, there was some sort of shift and it became Why Not Radio and it would play all the indie music that I love. And I just loved it. And it was very DIY and it was broadcast out of this little kind of old brownstone in West Philadelphia, (laughs) Very, very Philadelphia. And I was writing album reviews for them in college too and I haven't really thought about that in a long time but it clearly was a foreshadowing of what was to come and that was great and um you know I enjoyed my time at Chapel Hill it was a large school it's easy to get swallowed up and sometimes I did and but I had some great professors along the way in the art department um people who were really experts in their field and very you know narrow fields, um, narrow areas of art history. And it was, uh, really a privilege just to study with them. And, um, I focused primarily on modern art. I've always loved modern art. And I also unwittingly fell in love with medieval art. So I could have gone either way. I could have become like a medieval focused person or, a modern, but ultimately modern one out. And um, that led me to do some internships at the Beckler Museum of Modern Art here in Charlotte when I was home for the summers, um, which is a cool experience. And all throughout, probably since I was in high school, I sort of envisioned myself working in the nonprofit world for a museum and, you know, going to grad school maybe getting a PhD, etc. <laughs> and just really being in almost the academic side of things, but definitely the nonprofit. And that was my plan. Um, truly. And, you know, life unfolds in different ways. And I ended up at the gallery. Um, and yeah, so Gerald Melberg Gallery is a very storied, gallery in charlotte it's been open for this next year 2023 will be their 40th year of business and you know they really made a name for themselves nationally uh gerald melberg the owner and founder did a lot of work to get his gallery up to a caliber that it could be in the art fair circuit and you know you could say a lot about that um but growing up i had like you know, heard of the gallery. And one time in my AP art class, we actually took a field trip there. And I remember the show that was on view. It was this artist named Susan Grossman, um, who I later met working at the gallery. She's a wonderful lady and uh, draws these beautiful 
uh, urban kind of cityscape the, uh, scenes and and huge charcoal uh, format. Um, and so when I was graduating and kind of figuring out what I would do, I, I really didn't mean to move back to Charlotte, but I also didn't really know what I was going to do. So I came home and um, I had recently visited the gallery that December before I graduated, um, like with my dad. <laughs> and um, I was like, hmm, well, I wonder if they're taking like interns or anything. So, you know, I, I asked about that and they were open to it. So I spent that summer after college interning with the gallery and at the end of my internship I said I love this job I want to stay and they let me um I guess I can let Chris talk now (laughs) no that's great uh let me catch myself up to where you are I guess so for me to get into the gallery world or that 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 area of interest and the art gallery um, that that I have, it happened at Winthrop. Uh, I needed, I, I wanted a, a job while I was on campus. And at first I started working in the slide library. Uh, so to give you an idea for those that, don't want to, that do not know what a slide library is, is whenever you would take an art history course, you know, back before all the digital photography and digital presentation tools like PowerPoint, there were just 35 millimeter slides that were in a carousel being projected on a wall and the art history professor would talk about the artworks. So there was a room that was a library. All of these slides that were created or purchased were organized in this room and the art history professors would come in and pull their slides for their lectures and then they would bring them back and we had to then put them back in a very specific way so they could be found again. And it was a fine job, but I was watching Tom Stanley, who was the director at Winthrop University Galleries. Uh, I kept watching him with some of his his gallery personnel installing shows and, and putting together the exhibitions, and, and I really was envious of that. I really wanted to be part of that. So one day I asked Tom about that, and he told me to come by and we could chat some. And um, so, long story short, I started working with him like the next semester. And I worked with Tom like maybe three three years when I was at Winthrop, uh, which was amazing. He and I, we visited artist studios. We obviously would install the exhibitions and I learned about how he would curate things. I learned about packing artwork and unpacking and condition reports all this stuff and and I really kind of wanted to go into that realm but I I pictured going into a nonprofit realm like you did too Lauren so I was graduating and and I needed to find a job and I was kind of hoping to stay at Winthrop but obviously they couldn't keep me around there and um so I reached out to a few of the museums in the Charlotte area and the Columbia, South Carolina area, and no one was hiring. But at the Mint Museum of Art in Charlotte, North Carolina, there was a, a guy, uh, his name is Kurt Warnke. He 
was the uh, head of design and installation at the museum. So he contacted me back and he said, hey, just straight up, just so you know, I'm not hiring, but I would love to get to know you. I'd love to meet. Why don't you come by my office? So I made an appointment with him, came by his office. We, we hung out. I think I had like a little notebook that had my resume in it and some of my slides, which he, he looked at again. And uh, the, the, the reason why he, he wanted to meet was essentially to size me up, I'm guessing, but I think that's what it was, because he, he said that the museum is, qu- he is contacted often by collectors and uh, like businesses, corporations, people that have artwork or they've moved to town and they have artwork and they need to have it installed. And they, they'll contact the museum and say, oh, can you help me install this stuff or whatever? And he has kind of a, a call list of people that do art installation. And he said, oh, I'll add you to the list and and uh, re- give you recommend you to people so that way you can make a little money. So he did that with one job and, and we kind of worked together and I enjoyed it, got to know him a little bit more. We had a drink afterwards and, you know, it was a great experience. And then like maybe a, a week or so later, Kurt called me and he said that Gerald Melberg Gallery was looking to hire an art handler if I w- was interested. And I knew of Gerald Melberg uh, by reputation. I didn't know him at all, but one summer while I was at Winthrop, I did faux finishing and decorative murals in these large homes that were in this area near where the gallery was. And um, it was a strange job, but you know, we all had to find a way to pay our bills. And when I would take my lunch break, there was a Borders bookstore that had an amazing art book selection. So sometimes I would stick my head in there and look at the art books and Gerald's gallery was two doors down from that. So I became familiar with Gerald's gallery at that time. And, um, and then also just through reputation, cause he would put together some amazing shows. And many of my teachers at went would tell me about it. Like, Oh, you know, there was a still life show up at Melberg and they had these Wayne Tebow paintings or blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I went in to meet Gerald and, and, we we clicked. He hired me part time at first. I worked with him part time for uh, I don't know how many months, and then and then it became a full time position. And I was with him for fifteen years, and it was uh, it was an amazing job. I often wish I was still there, but that's kind of where you and I crossed paths. Yeah. Well, we met at the gallery, of course, when I w- when I started there as an intern and then um it just kind of ended up that a lot of what they wanted me to do was you know with Chris and um we would install shows together he did a lot more than me I was really just learning but I would help and he taught me um what he knows about art photography and things like that so we spent a lot of time together, and for many years, uh, we were just like really, really good friends. And, um, you know, we both left the gallery around the same time for different reasons. I'm back there now, but uh, we stayed in touch 
when we both left the gallery and um um yeah so I left the gallery around I guess at the end of 2017 I did one more art Miami fair with the gallery and then that was it for me um I had just started working there literally straight out of college and I just kind of wanted to know if that's really where I wanted to be so I left and I started working at a different gallery in town called Elder Gallery of Contemporary Art and um you know it 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 just didn't stack up to the sort of big league experience I had just had and uh while I was working there my mom passed away and my whole world changed um so I wasn't there that long and uh I did other things I actually went back to the Beckler after Elder (laughs) I I kind of flop around between the same places it seems (laughs) that's a, a theme for me um and then I started to do some independent work I was kind of trying to get some independent consulting started and uh it's also when I started doing art writing um I talked with someone who had also worked at the gallery and did freelance writing on the side and um she kind of finally after years of knowing her explained to me how that it worked and I was just shocked she was like you just pitch stories to publications and they accept them or not you know like ideas for stories not even full articles and I was like oh I should have been doing this from the start so I started doing that and that was wonderful um a lot a lot of good has come out of that and I that's really where I feel my strength is is art writing and I had written some catalog essays and things at the gallery because coming out of school you're like oh what can I do that like mirrors what I've just been doing you know what am I going to do with all this art historical knowledge and this knowledge of analyzing art and blah 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 so writing always felt like a really good outlet for that um where was I going with that? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when COVID <laughs> came around and kind of changed the face of things once again, and I found myself needing, you know, more of a job and really wanting to be in an office around people at least some of the time. So that's how I got back to Melberg uh, part-time doing their archive work and some writing. Um, they had a lot of staff shakeups during COVID, so it created the space for me to come in. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, okay, well, I guess I should give you a little in a little story then about my time um, after I, at Melberg. I had uh, I'd worked with Gerald for 15 years and had really, I loved the job. I, I was doing things from art installation, packing, shipping, sales, uh, client relations and consultation. I did, I managed all the photography and um, the digital inventory, also of images, photographing everything in raw format and then saving it as high resolution tips. You know, I was, I was involved with everything 
working closely with the framers and the various restorers in the area with artworks that needed to be framed and have some minor conservation or restoration. Anyway, um, this art logistics shipping storage company was expanding and was looking to open an office in Charlotte. And uh, they had been in Charlotte and spoke with a lot of people involved with the arts about the possible opportunities here in Charlotte and who would be a good person to manage this office. And my name came up a lot. So they pursued me about taking the job. And I did after being promised a lot of things. I don't necessarily want to throw sound like I'm throwing a lot of shade, but uh, I could throw a lot of shade at at, at this company. Uh, I was promised a lot of things, and that was ultimately why I left Melberg, you know, because I wanted more time to paint, for example. Um, but I spent uh, all my time behind a box truck driving art all around. And that was not why I was to be hired. I was not to be a driver. But anyway, there's there's a lot more I could go into about this company, which will remain unnamed because I do not want to give them any promotion. Uh, But I worked there a little over a year and uh, then decided that I, I just, I couldn't work with these people anymore. And I had some great friends and colleagues here in Charlotte that work as independent art installers. And they were like, dude, there's so much work in this town. You'll be fine. Just quit that job. We'll introduce you to some of our clients and designers, and you'll you'll have enough job, enough work. Don't worry. Which to me was like wild. I couldn't believe it, but I was I was ready for anything to get out of that that other that other job. So, um, and like my last month of that that place, I started an LLC, got my business insurance, opened a a business bank account, you know, everything. So as soon as I, I quit that job, I already had clients lined up and I jumped on it. And I made more money as an art installer than I made at any of my previous two jobs. It, it, it was amazing. I could, I could work seven days a week if I wanted. And I love the flexibility, but I, I wanted to be a painter. I mean, you can't be an art installer your whole life. Uh, there's some weird, dangerous things you have to do for people in their homes when you're on ladders or or whatever. And it was a time where Lauren was talking with me and she was like, Look, it's either now or never and you've you've gotta you gotta be painting. So that's what I'm doing now, thanks to this beautiful woman. Oh, well, you you give me too much credit. Um, but I will just say when you did go out on your own as an independent art handler, it was right before a certain opportunity. Oh yeah. Wow. That, that's true. Yeah. Thanks for that reminder. Yeah. Just, just to kind of go with what Lauren was, was saying. So I had, uh, I, I knew I had to get out of this other job with this art logistics company and uh, someone that worked at the McCall center for art and innovation here in Charlotte had, been encouraging me to apply, which I had done previously, but I had never been accepted. And that's fine. You know, these things happen. So I, I think I'd crossed paths with him once again. He said, you need to apply. So I applied and, uh, I found out that 
that I was going to have a residency and it was to, to start in the summer of 2019. So I'd move in to the McCall center, like in May of 2019. And I knew that that was not a job, the, the art logistics job that I had, that, that was not a job I could have and also do the residency. I knew that the way that, that those people had managed that business and their, their promise to me that I would not be allowed to just kind of pursue this residency. So I knew that it was like, I got to dump this. I got to dump this place. So yeah, thank you for reminding me, Lauren. But that was the, that was the, one of the big things that made me realize that I had to quit that job and follow this path. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting progression. Um, but I guess that kind of catches us up to the present day and now you know our whole art story <laughs> yeah and if you're still with us thank you for staying yeah thank you <laughs> it was we, a, we went way back so thank yeah, you <laughs> it was long i knew that we were going to have a biographical episode at some point the way that it just keeps coming up and and our various episodes and uh, there's so many things that just kind of tie us all together and what we're doing and now that we've kind of gotten this out of the way, maybe when we jump back into our art discussions, some of this stuff will will kind of make more sense whenever it's whenever it's brought up. Yeah, it gives good context, and now you kind of know who we are, <laughs> where we came from, and <laughs> literally <had> <laughs> how our childhoods went, and. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I feel like it's a good icebreaker for this podcast because up till now it's been like, who are these people? Yeah, great. Well, you want to call it a night? Let's call it a night. Okay. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, again, uh, if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, please hit us up on our Instagram. Oh, yeah, Lauren, please tell us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me at Lauren Piemont on Instagram. Okay, great. And I'm Chris Clamp uh, on Instagram. That is at Chris Clamp Art. Website is chrisclampart.com. And the podcast is what? It's at AV Art Club. No hey. slashes or anything, just letters. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah. Talk to you next week.